Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for September 25th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined each week by our roundtable of Orlando experts, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week, we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including the announcement by Disneyland that the Grand Californian will be undergoing an important expansion soon. The team reports uh, this week on Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Kevin Close has a review of the Yachtsman Steakhouse, and in our Forum Watch segment, we'll tell you what threads we're following on DizBoards.com. All that, plus your emails and roundtable rapid-fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Now, a uh, couple of housekeeping items this week. First, uh, it's going to be a real busy week for us. Um, next weekend is just nuts. Uh, Corey and Julie are leaving tomorrow to go on The Wonder for four days to cover that, because we haven't been on The Wonder in eons. Um, then on Friday, we've got Halloween Horror Nights, and we've got Food and Wine Festival, and then on the 1st, we've got Octo- uh, Epcot's 25th. We're going to take the VIP tour on September 28th also. The, um, For Halloween Horror Nights. The, yep, the backstage thing. That's cool. So we're going to have a lot to cover next week, and I'm not entirely sure that we won't be doing some kind of expanded show because all of it's timely. So, But we've got a lot coming up next week, so you're definitely not going to want to miss that. And we do have a prize announcement for last week's email, uh, for last week's uh, a listener appreciation winner. What was his name, Julie? Sean Garrison. Sean Garrison chose envelope number 19. And his prize is one of Kevin Close's favorite things, the Overland Donner Bag. Kevin, why don't you just talk a little bit about what that is? It's a man purse. It's a man purse? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really cool. I read about it on the Disboards. That's where I heard about it. And I don't know about anybody else, but I have too much crap to carry in my pocket. And... I have John's crap to carry in my pockets now, too. And (laughs) (laughs) it's true. Now that he's got another pair of glasses, it's constantly floating around. So this is just a really cool bag. It's kind of unisex. What I really like about it is it's got a real long strap on it. And I'm a big guy. So it's, you know, it's not one of those things that has to tuck up under your into your arms. However, the coolest thing about it is on the side of it, the handles of the bag form two little pouches where you can stick a water bottle on each side. A water bottle, an umbrella, your glasses, a camera. It's just, it's really kind of versatile and useful. I've taken it a whole bunch of places, and I think it's it's just great. Um, I've also heard people using them for diaper bags and camera bags and things like that because they are so versatile. And they hold a bunch. They're not huge, but they hold a good amount of stuff, and I just think it's a great idea. And I don't care who you are. A day in the parks, you need something like that. Right. And that's really where it's gotten its fame. As a matter of fact, I was just reading on the Diz boards the other day. A lady in Scotland said she had read about it and ordered one from the United States and was absolutely thrilled. So these are going all over the world, and the first place I heard about them is on the Diz board. So I think the Overland Equipment Company kind of owes you guys kind of owes us a thank you. <laughs> Now, come on. It, it was one of the reporters at the Orlando Sentinel who told you about that, isn't it? Because they know about everything. I'm sorry. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Call them. They know it. Call them. Call read, them. Read they, the, they cause everything. They are the epicenter of the it, cultural universe. And if you don't get the inside joke, folks, read our uh, podcast uh, podcast boards, which you should do anyway. Go out. Uh, and I keep forgetting to mention to people uh, I should be doing it each show. We've got a great group of people on our uh, podcast discussion boards over at disboards.com. And uh, really, go check it out. Go check it out. We, um, we're always on there. One of us is always posting. And, uh, you know, we get taken out to task uh, every so often. And uh, it's cool. 
I'll get in touch with the gentleman who won. He can tell me what color bag he wants to order. Mm-hmm. And oh, they come in colors? They come in all different colors. I have a black one with a black interior, but yeah, you can get them in all different colors. Black interior? <laughs> what is well, that they, all about? Some of them How have... How big is the damn thing? Bob yeah. is not up on Sounds like a car. It, no, it's... it's Well, they come with... Um, car. Some of them are lighter colors and have a patterned interior. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lining, Bob. You've never okay, s- have you lining. ever looked at your wife's purse, Bob? You, uh, went, you went out and <laughs> bought her a flashlight so she could see inside her interior. Oh. <laughs> I, I've never heard it. Do they come with that new though. bag smell that I like so much? You know what? Just write to me. <laughs> we also have a winner from this week. Julie, who is it? Her name's Libby Bailey, and I did send her an email, so hopefully we'll hear back from her and be able to announce the prize on the next show. Okay. Great. Congratulations, Libby. You're our next winner. Mm-hmm. We're picking another one this week. And, yeah, and this is the last week for Listener Appreciation Week, but uh, I think we're going to be uh, doing some random stuff. With anybody who signs up, anybody who signed up for our our little list, and it's not a list where you're going to get, you know, spam or anything like that. We don't ever sell ever sell our mailing lists to anyone, and uh, so it, you know, don't worry about that. But you can go out to the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, and sign up for listener appreciation. And even though, like I said, it ends this week uh, with this show. Uh, we'll be doing some stuff with it in the future, so make sure you get your email address in there. One other housekeeping thing uh, I need to mention is in regards to our Universal show, um, it's proven to be a real challenge uh, to come up with enough content once a month to justify a show. Uh, now normally, we do it the last Tuesday of every month, and I know I promised everybody we'd do it uh, this Tuesday. Uh, this Tuesday, the only reason we're not doing it is because we're waiting for Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights is this Friday. And we want to make sure that we, that's kind of important for, I think, the Universal Podcast. However, what we're going to start doing is uh, rather than doing a set schedule for our, our Universal show, we're going to do separate, um, separate shows as they're, as they're warranted. Um, it may just be a couple of, couple of segments that we do every few weeks or however it works out. But I'm taking Universal off a of schedule. Because it's just until it's just not enough going on over there, honestly, for us to come up with what I consider to be compelling content um, month after month. It's not it's not as busy as Disney World. It's not as much going on as at Disney World. Not as much changes either. Exactly. So it's it's a little tougher. It's a little tougher to do that show. This for this show, we have too much content every week. We I mean when we started, we thought that are we really going to be able to do a show every week? How are we going to have enough content that has never been an issue? It has never been an issue coming up with content for this show. Universal, not so much. I wish that was different, but maybe when Harry Potter opens. But I just want to let folks know what we'll end up doing is as we have stuff that we feel needs to be released, we'll do a separate show and we'll let let everybody know. So I hope uh, hope that doesn't upset anybody. But uh, like I said, it's just kind of pointless for us to do it any other way. So with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. First story this week, Disney CFO Tom Skaggs told investors last week that business at Walt Disney World is not only good right now, but it appears to be unaffected by the current economic downturn. Talking to a group of investors at the Merrill Lynch Media and Entertainment Conference in Los Angeles, Skaggs told attendees that travel numbers are up over last year, but international visits to the theme park still have not recovered after the 9-11 attacks. Skaggs stated that difficulty in obtaining travel visas to the U.S. are part of the problem. 
Says also said that there are no plans to open a new theme park in the U.S. anytime soon. Rather, the company's efforts would be focused on improving their existing parks, especially Disney's California Adventure at the Disneyland Resort, which has been a real disappointment to both fans and Disney management alike. Skaggs added that while Disney is certainly not immune to economic downturns, it's just not showing up yet. And in a related story, um, Local 6 News here in Orlando uh, reported that uh, more people visited Disney uh, theme parks in the last 12 months than in any previous year in history. And uh, that it's going to surpass 2006, obviously. And uh, that, you know, even after... I mean, Disney, Disneyland's 50th, they, they, did, they definitely got a boost out of that. But it's continued. It hasn't. It hasn't abated. Even at Disneyland, they expected it to die out this year, and if any, and it's gone up. Not only is their attendance up, but their per person spending is up. And I mean, they're just thrilled, thrilled as could be about that. But uh, you know, I think it's just bad, a bad omen to start saying, "No, we're not feeling the economic downturn." Right. Well, guess what's going to happen yeah. next? You know. So this Bam. means there's not going to be another Disneyland in Branson or Virginia. I guess not. Or backwater. Or Texas. any place. Well, I got Texas. But also, you know, they, because the the article specifically talked about California Adventure and what a disappointment it was, and um, how they're adding, a, they're putting a lot of effort into trying to get that to be more of a, you know, more of a popular destination for people. And you know, I just, I don't know what Disney was thinking. I love California Adventure. Let me start out by saying that I love California Adventure. But the reason I love California Adventure is because I'm from Florida. Um, Disneyland relies very heavily on locals. The people that are going there live the California adventure. They weren't interested in that. Disney created a park for tourists. Yeah. Go to the real Napa. And, you know, exactly. So Disney created a park for tourists, and that's not their audience. It's part of their audience. But a bigger, much bigger part of their audience is the locals who visit there every week. Walt Disney World, we don't have that. I mean, locals here do go but not in the kind of numbers and not with the kind of veracity that the Disneyland fans go. So I think something like a California Adventure would have worked better here than it would in Disneyland. So I don't no. know what they're going to do to turn that around. I don't think they can, but... The third... Oh, they're not going to open They're not going to open any, any yeah. new gates. I don't know how closely you follow the, the business news or the economic news, but have you seen that today? Was it today or yesterday for the first time... I don't know if it was ever or in a very long time. The Canadian dollar is at par yes. with the American dollar. The, I know. They call it the loony or something. The like loony. Loony. Yep. And then they they think that it's actually going to There's a picture stay. of Bob on the on those bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all, folks. But that's increasing. A lot of the snowbirds are coming down from Canada for the winter and, and coming down here in Florida because they can get so much more bang for their buck. They think that now that they think that that dollar is actually going to surpass our dollar, and when that happens, we're going to see an influx of more tourism from Canadians and more actually um, sort of what happens with the people from the UK now, where they're buying property here in the states because they can get so much more for their dollar. So it's going to be interesting. We're going well, to see a lot more Canadians. You know, I, I while I while I wish only the best to our Canadian friends. Um, if the Canadian dollar surpasses the US dollar, it's pretty much the final nail in our economic coffin and it pretty much will indicate that a recession is either happening or about to happen. So I mean the weakening dollar is just scaring me right now. We so can, we can have a whole nother discussion. I on, know on the economy. On the economy, the, but yeah. it's a different podcast. Okay, I don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, uh, British Airlines is adding flights into Orlando in this coming year to increase uh, 
traffic from the UK. So that's encouraging too. But it, again, the visas are a major problem. Yeah. All right, our number two story this week. After years of rumors, it's finally official that the first DVC property to open in California will be part of a planned expansion of Disney's Grand Californian Resort. The Orange County Register is reporting that Disney will add 250 units to the existing 745 rooms at the resort. That expansion will include 52 bedroom villas as part of the Disney Vacation Club. Rumors have persisted for several years that DVC would make its way to California, but until now there has been no official confirmation of that. A number of sites had been considered for the DVC expansion, but the Grand Californian ultimately won out, which I thought was a great decision on their port. We're very excited about it. I I feel the Grand Californian, in my opinion, is the best hotel of all the hotels they have. And I think putting the DVC there was a smart move. So they're building additional rooms and not converting. No, no they're not no. converting. They're actually uh, two and a half. I think it's two and a half acres. Two and a half acre expansion. Just to clarify what you said, Pete, it's fifty two bedroom equivalent villas, which to me says they're going to be building the one bedroom villa with the attached with the studio. Off. So they're going to have a studio available as well as but one. They're going to have to. They have to do studio one and two bedrooms. Right. They can't do anything. But they're else. also adding two hundred new hotel rooms. Oh yeah. Also. Right. And so and that's going in it's south of the hotel now, so that's that area where they used to have that gate that you could go in yeah, right no, off the street. Right there. across from Paradise Pier. Right. But yeah. here's here's what I don't, I don't understand. Fifty units for sale. It's a stock. it's gonna sell out in ten minutes. But what I'm saying is it's not fifty units, it's fifty two bedroom equivalents. So okay, that means so it's what's a hundred units because it's gotta be Fifty one bedroom, fifty studio, so that right. together they can have fifty two bedrooms. Okay, that makes but you're also sense. right, a hundred units is gonna sell out in minutes. It's still yeah. And especially because it's gonna be uh a further out um expiration date on the contracts and all that good stuff. Right. So it's gonna be really interesting to see. We're excited about it. I mean, even just to use the points to go over there and and experience it because we love that resort too, but there are limitations. And I also want to add too the expansion is gonna have um the project's going to include a rooftop deck for viewing fireworks and a new swimming pool and 300 underground parking spaces. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So they're going to go underground. Yeah. They have to. Well, yeah. parking has always been an issue over there anyway. Yeah. And I think they'll add I think they'll put another uh entrance on that section to go in over by uh the roller coaster area. So that's not fact, but I'm guessing Anything they can do to expand or enhance Disneyland is a good idea, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And the no. hotel rooms out there are always at a premium. Always. So new rooms will always be a welcome thing. Absolutely. And I this is going to mess with the view that you have from Paradise Pier once this goes up. No. no. I don't think so. No. I don't think it's going to be that high. Paradise it's, Pier is a pretty tall hotel. I don't know if it's going to no, be that high. It's going to be in that area right as you come in the driveway on the right, I believe. So it won't oh, okay. mess with the the pockets. And if they're going underground with their parking, it's probably not going to be a tall building. Yeah, they're going to be digging a deep hole there. So, uh, but I think that's just their way of getting their feet wet, and something else is going to happen down the road. Yep. Oh, I, they, absolutely. There's no question that they're going to have to do more with DVC out there. No question. They're going to see how fast it's going to sell. They're sticking their toe in the water. I appreciate that. I guess they're not as confident as we are that it'll. My blue sky is they're going to put something down by the the dock where the ships come in. That's just a blue. The port of Los Angeles for a DVC resort? Over in, uh, yeah. 
Uh, Do you think that? I don't know. That area always. I always thought that area was kind of. I'm just. I'm just bad. throwing it out there. Yeah. Would, it, would that be their slum? Oil tanker view rooms. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never been to the Port of Los Angeles. I could be wrong. All right. Our number one story this week: Epcot expands its 25th anniversary plans. After planning what many consider was a tepid celebration for Epcot's 25th anniversary, Disney has decided to expand it, due in large part to pressure from fans. Earlier in the year, Disney had announced that there would be no official ceremony for Epcot's 25th anniversary. It was only after a number of fans, especially a 16-year-old junior from Dr. Phillips High School here in uh, Orlando, Adam Roth, who planned several events on his own, that Disney decided to step up and do something deserving of the park. Roth organized Celebration 25, which includes historical tours of Epcot and an an illumination dessert party. Roth originally expected about 100 people to show for his gathering. Now, according to the Orlando Sentinel, the list is over 1,100. As a result, Epcot is planning a public rededication ceremony on October 1st and will also have exhibits and memorabilia available from Epcot's 1982 opening. Disney had made this announcement a while ago that they were no longer going to do individual celebrations to celebrate the anniversaries for individual parks. And that only the, the only celebrations that would be had would be what they called global celebrations that encompassed all parks at the same time, which I kind of really hated. Absolutely. I mean, that means you're just going to have more of that generic crap from park to park to park to park. Yep. I felt kind of bad that we missed Disney or Walt Disney World's um, Magic Kingdom, their 30th anniversary, their 35th anniversary. There was no nothing made. I mean, one of them coincided pretty much with the 50th anniversary of Disneyland. So I understand that that kind of took a back seat or a you know lower precedence. But I think that this globalization of the celebration, I think it kind of cheapens the fact. And I think that people have shown that with this. 25th sort of um, well, groundswell. I, I hope Jay Rasulo is paying attention. Um, Jay Rasulo is the guy responsible for globalizing a lot of this stuff, for making this stuff, trying to, as you have mentioned before, homogenizing a lot of the Disney experience. And uh, good. The fans slapped him around a little bit and said, no, you know what? Don't ignore us. You know, Epcot has had traffic problems all along. You know, for a long time there, it was like its tagline should have been Epcot because you really don't like your kids. And if Disney, you know, if Disney's not going to take it seriously, it's 25th anniversary. That's pretty spectacular. If Disney's not going to take it seriously, how can they expect their fans to take it seriously? I think people invest their personal experiences, invest in their personal experiences, and to just ignore that and only celebrate, you know, huge milestones or every year come up with a new marketing campaign. I think the fact that people, I think people want this and I think this proves it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pete, uh, when I was over at Mission Space for that dedication, I got a chance to talk to uh, Jim McPhee, mm-hmm. the vice president of, of Epcot Operations. And I have to tell you, he was excited about the this event that's coming up October 1st sure. for the anniversary. And he was, you know, he was like proud as a peacock that, you know, something was going to happen. That, for that his, his park had that much interest. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and... He talked about some other things uh, that I'm anxious to see in the future, and he was really excited about it. So, you know, I I expect, you know, a lot of good things to happen over in Epcot in the future with Jim working with it. Well, Epcot might not have the mass appeal of, for instance, the Magic Kingdom. Epcot has some diehard fans. There are people who are very... I'm one of them. I'm I'm another. It's pretty much the park that we go the most to. I love Epcot. 
I love it. I mean, there's so many things over there that people just don't see, or they walk by and miss, like the candy, the person in Japan that makes those candy animals. People just walk by and never know they're there. And I think it's the park we go to the most also. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it for me is that I don't like closed-in crowds. I don't do well in big crowds. And Epcot is so spacious and so spread out, and it absorbs its crowds so well that even on a busy day, you don't feel like you're right on top mm-hmm. of everybody else. Well, the other thing is we're locals. We kind of use Epcot as other people use a city park. Right. Mm-hmm. Go for a stroll. Go for a bite to eat. Go watch the yeah. people. Mm-hmm. You know, so we use it like other people in a met- metropolitan area would use it like Central Park. Right. So, nail shopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good shops in there. Oh, yeah. It's not the shopping you have to worry about. It's the buying. <laughs> I have a surprise for Canada oh, for I you like, guys. I like <gasps> surprises. So, you'll have to just wait and see. Today? No. Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to our rapid-fire segment. And who would like to go Me. first? Oh, I didn't hey, even get it out. Stealing Goodness. my spot back. Okay. Downtown Disney's Pleasure Island 2007 is coming up, as you all know. It's the New Year's Eve celebration. It'll be from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Tickets are going on sale. Um, you can dine on skewered shrimp, smoked salmon, seared oh. beef medallions, as well as other delicacies. What can you and- dine on? Skewered shrimp? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wasn't sure that was the word used. <laughs> um, in- included in admission is a champagne toast and a midnight fireworks display. Unlimited club admission is part of the evening's festivities as well. 21 and over only. Valid photo ID. Um, your ticket prices are $99 plus tax. Uh, $89 for pass holders who either have an annual pass, premium annual pass, or an Epcot after four pass. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of that, so it confused me. A seasonal pass or a Pleasure Island pass. Um, these t- tickets may be purchased at a discounted price and for you and one guest, but they have to be purchased in advance. So you have to call the Disney Reservation Center, 407-560-7177. Non-pass holder tickets are available by calling 407-W-DISNEY or at the following locations. Um, of course, any theme park, Disney Reservation Center, Pleasure Island, Shades of Green, the Swan and Dolphin Resorts, Downtown Disney, Disney Planning Center, and DisneyWorld.com. But the only the online orders do not commence until October seventh. Have they announced any of the entertainment? No. Me. Now that they've taken that stage down, I wonder where they're going to have it. I know because they only have that little tiny stage over to the yeah, side. It's like yeah. a little acoustic solo <laughs> spot. I mean, if you plan on having somebody big, it's going to be like that's the stage we're playing on. Right. <laughs> So, all right. Thank you, Mrs. Martin. Mr. Corey Horry Martin. Corey Horry. I'll go. Um, the Pop Century, we, we added a new photo gallery for Pop Century. While Julie was collecting menus last week at the Value Resorts, I was strolling around taking photos of the exterior. So there's a new Pop Century gallery, also All-Star Music, a new gallery for that, and the other resorts are coming soon after that. A few rehab reminders. Um, Big Thunder Mountain is going to be closed October 1st through the 24th. Typhoon Lagoon is going to be closed October 28th through January 5th. Also, Nine Dragons at Epcot is going to be closed January 6th through July 31st. And Spaceship Earth is going to be closed for refurbishment from July 9th through November 13th. Well, July 9th. That passed already. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. That's it. Thank you, Mr. Martin. I have two little ones. Uh, the first one is, uh, these are um, these came to me through a cast member, so I think it's kind of cool. Uh, 
Disney Cruise Line has opened its offices in Germany mm-hmm. for the ships to be built. Oh, yeah. Yep. They have uh, given the ceremonial welcome to the Disney Cruise Line team, and they presented Meyer Werft, the shipbuilding company, with the official uh, company flag. So it's really happening. Yep, they're building the ships. The, the, the offices are open. The second one I have I thought was really kind of cool. People are talking about, a lot about the environment. Uh, the people on Castaway Key have decided that as a way of celebrating Disney's environmentality, they are uh, converting all of the vehicles on Castaway Key to run on 40% reconstituted vegetable oil or reconstituted vegetable fuel oh, yeah. and diesel. Mm. They're going to use the fuel from Cookie's Barbecue and yeah, the, the ship's galleys. The fat, yeah, right? Right, to run the vehicles. I think that's really kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. That's it. Those are my two. It's Great. a lot of fat in that food if you're running vehicles on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a new process. It saves a lot of money. Cool. Thank you, Kevin. John. Mine is um, there's going to be a morning star breakfast with the artist Thomas Kincaid, Saturday, October twentieth, from eight thirty a.m. to ten a.m. at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa. Are you giggling at me the way I pronounce something? Okay. I'm going because I think he's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Ooh, send your hate so, mail to Julie. Uh, at- <laughs> I'm not even. Fa- I'm not familiar with him. Oh yeah, yeah. The painter oh. of light. He has stores in every mall. Yeah. Oh, and yes. if you turn the lights on and off, it looks like the lights in his buildings. They're, Come on. They're basically prints. And then he, he just went goes back over and goes. And do, 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 do. Adds little white highlights. It's really. Yeah, it's it's mass produced. And if you looked at them, they're all that little chapel in the glade. With the he has tons of followers, so please, I don't want hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Julie hates Thomas Kincaid. He's a joke. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. I, guess, I guess Julie won't be going. But he's going to be unveiling a new um, piece of art, I guess. She doesn't care. <laughs> That's made just for Disney. It's a new piece a- of crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's- it's called A New Day at the Cinderella Castle. And um, if you're into this and you're into him and you enjoy him, you can go there in person and they're going to be offering um, two different forms on canvas and on paper, uh, a standard numbered edition and an artist proof limited edition. And when you go, you can uh, have breakfast with him and also pre-order this piece of art. All of the the, the editions will be signed by him also. Mm-hmm. You should send Julie have breakfast with him. He really is one of those mass-produced artists. Yeah. Yeah, there are people who like him, so exactly, and to each their own. And he's doing a Disney <laughs> thing, so that you know, this is not his first. He's done them before, right? Cool. Thank you, John. And I have an update on uh, discounts for military personnel. Ticket discounts for military personnel. Um, military folks can get a, a special uh, Magic Your Way Stars and Stripes pass. Um, and they've always been able to get them at Shades of Green or at their like their base commissary, uh, but now they can uh, get them via mail order. They can order them. They can get their dis- discount tickets via mail order, and this is really good because we get a lot of questions from people uh, from military families um, how they can get their tickets, and that sometimes it's a real process. So, if you're retired, active, reservist, National Guard, or DOD personnel, you can order your tickets via mail. Or order by calling the commander of the Navy Region Southwest at 619-767-6000 or the Air Force Central Ticket Program at 210-652-2855. We're going to have links to that in our show notes page, which you can find at 
podcast.wdwinfo.com. And I uh, think that's cool. They're making, uh, they, I don't think they can make it cheap enough or easy enough for military families. My, I'm my curious family. as to how they're going to um, verify that. I wonder if someone. Oh, I'm sure they have. They know who's enlisted. Sense. They must have a, a, their number that they have. Something they have to. So, all right. And Mr. Varley. My rapid fire, Pete, is uh, March, March hours are out uh, for 2008. And I just want to go over a couple of highlights. Uh, Animal Kingdom is starting on March 9th through the 31st to be open till 8 p.m. So we're starting to see that that park stay open later so that they can meet the demands of uh, Expedition Everest, which is selling out every day Mm -hmm. for the Fast Pass. So you're, you're really seeing a lot of traffic going towards Animal Kingdom. Uh, and they're expecting, you know, so they're going with it. But 8, 8, 8 p.m. on in March, it's, you know, that's pretty late. And then if they put a uh, extra magic hour, the park's open till 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Is so, that a tiger over there? I don't know. It's dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, Kevin. I would well, they, not want to be in Animal they, Kingdom when it's dark. They won't well, do the safari. No, you won't be able to do the sunset. But like so you won't be able to do the safari. You won't be able to do the gorilla walking tour. What else? The well, tiger yeah. walking tour. The tiger walking tour you can't do. So you can go on the Tree of Life for well, four got, hours. You got the, you got the <laughs> lion. <laughs> Not big animal kingdom fans, what can I tell you? Okay, this, Even was, this was going to be a rapid fire that I was going to zip oh. right through this. And we're, we're, yeah, but, yeah, we believe that. Okay. Uh, I'm seeing that I think yours should just be called fire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Slow burning. Slow burning. Uh, I'm also seeing in March that there's possibly uh, three dates in March that in, uh, Magic Kingdom's closing at 7 p.m., the 1st, 6th, and 14th, so... They haven't announced the Pirates and Princess for January, February, and March yet, but I see those as possibly being the dates for that in March. Magic Kingdom's going to be open till 11 p.m. from the 15th to the 31st, which tells me that there's going to be a lot of traffic during that time frame. Well, that'll be their spring break period. Yeah, and MGM's open till 10, uh, the 16th to the 31st. So that's it on the March hours. Uh, we have them on the website. You can go check them out. And one other thing, uh, Walt Disney World raised their uh, parking the car price uh, up to eleven dollars. You made him read this one just so he would say parking the car. He gave that one to read <laughs> for eleven dollars for car cars. Taxis, shuttles, limousines, and motorcycles. Twelve dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. That's no, eleven dollars. Eleven dollars. And twelve dollars for camper trailers. Fifteen dollars for bus and tractors. And uh, you mean tractor sp- trailers? <laughs> like buses and tractors. I'm like, when do tractors come to Walt Disney World? Tractor trailers. Oh, get in a trailer. Get in a tractor. <laughs> and then co- cot cam gets in free. No man. This time. Disney followed Universal. Universal is getting eleven dollars for parking the car. You're just you know, you know I Universal, didn't see, but Universal I didn't see has that a coming. lot of a lot of discounts too though. So I mean I think it's I don't think it's fair to say across the board everybody is, you know. The good news is that Disney thing. also has the tram. Yep. For eleven dollars you get to park on the other side of Orlando if you go to Universal. Yeah. Okay, the sidewalk moves. You still have to get from the parking lot to the park. That's true. 
And I didn't see it coming when John handed me that for the theme park parking. The parking, the car. <laughs> oh, God. Theme park parking. They should let you buy <laughs> and March hours. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my fast, rapid fire. All right. With that, we're going to move on to our Forum Watch segment. John, why don't we start with you this week? Great. I have one that's actually off of the uh, podcast board, and it's, in, it's titled Podcast is Far-Reaching. It was just really cute, so I thought I'd bring it. Disney World Delight wrote, Podcast is far-reaching. I could hear my girls talking, talking, talking in their bedrooms. In their bedroom. I walked in. They were, quote-unquote, live, hooked up to their karaoke machine with headphones and mics. The four-year-old was answering questions about her favorite Disney stuff to the (laughs) 11-year-old. I guess I'm not the only convert in the family. So it looks like her her daughters were pretending to be the round table. That's cute. And we're talking about Disney. And it goes on, and people are really cute and saying really good things. And then some wiseacre, okay, me, asked <laughs> which one of them was pretending to be Bob. <laughs> and, um, Someone else wanted to know who did the restaurant reviews. Who did the restaurant reviews. Yeah, that was your post. Someone, it wasn't mine, I swear. Um, and she wrote, I wish one of them would pretend to be Bob because then maybe I could get them to take naps. <laughs> it's, just, it's a really cool. Uh, That's cute. Yeah, cute I posted thing. on that board. It was yeah. really cute. Cool. Thank you, John. Uh, mine's also from the, uh, from the podcast board. Uh, there's been a discussion ongoing now for a few weeks about maybe doing a meet with uh, some of our listeners in December. And uh, I had uh, kind of chimed in that since we live here, and there's a lot of people seem to be coming the first week, a lot of people come in the second week. So I thought, you know, since we live here, we can do a meet both weeks. So we're going to organize something. I'm not sure exactly what yet, but uh, we'll organize a meet for December 6th and another one for December 13th. Those are both Thursdays. And uh, we'll... um, get together with some of our podcast fans. Depending on how many of you are going to be around and interested in attending, I'll see what we do. I'm going to hire a stand-in. <laughs> a body, body double? <laughs> no, I think it'll... Uh, That'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, I really enjoyed... We really enjoyed doing that. And there seems to be some interest on it on the boards, and I would love to meet some of our listeners face-to-face. So, uh, Bob's going to sell tickets for cart cam rides. <laughs> yeah, that's an it's idea. Bob's version of a lap dance. Speaking of things, on <laughs> speaking of things on the podcast board, did you see the lady or the post from the woman who wrote? I believe it's a woman. I apologize if you're not a woman who wrote the lyrics to Major Bob. No. Oh yeah. I, do you even do you know what that is? I I know the song. Okay. I, I just I don't know the real what's words. The, what's the song? It's she, he took the picture of Bob. She took the picture of Bob in his spacesuit and rewrote the lyrics to Major Tom David, David Bowie. David Bowie. Oh no. She wrote Major Bob. That was major funny. <laughs> it's really <laughs> very funny. funny now, very clever. Do we have uh, Do we have anybody talented enough out there to put that to music and sing it? Uh, that would be funny. Gotta be somebody else. Julie. No, I, I volunteer Julie. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> have someone on that board that can sing. Well, there's also a video of me with that suit on that you need to get up. Well, so. because the, the picture wasn't enough. Yeah, <laughs> it was for me. Enough. Oh no, you gotta see the video. I'm open to all sorts of ideas. If you think you might want to join us, just send us an email podcast at wdwinfo.com. Let us know if you're gonna. Interested in the 6th or the 13th. And if there's enough people, we'll do something. I'll do something cool. Um, if there's not, we'll just meet somewhere and have a good time. Nine dragons? Yeah. 
There's not enough people. You'll all be punished and taking a night drink. Well, tailgate. Or worse yet, when we yeah, go, really. go to Ohana. <laughs> well, tailgate. <laughs> tailgate. That'd be kind of fun, though, like tailgating at Epcot. <laughs> I'm not paying $11 to park. <laughs> Crazy. We could get a mobile home. People that go to Rented NFL games pay $25 to tailgate. Mm. Okay, sister. <laughs> I'm thinking $11 ain't bad. <laughs> so, all right, that those are mine. Bob, what do you got? Pete, I have off the uh, trip planning forums board the under Disney Resorts. The thread for uh, Yacht and Beach Club question and answer form. And there's a lot of different, uh, on the Disney Resort Board, there's a lot of different forums for different hotels. And you can learn a lot of information about the hotel if you go to it. And this one has dated back to 2001, so it's it's got quite a few views on it. So, uh if you have questions, I just wanted to call attention to that board. People are funny. They really get sort of this um, worship status for a hotel. It's like this is the hotel I stay at all the time, and this is where I go all the time. And I think that's where a lot of these threads come from is yeah. that they want to share their excitement of staying at that hotel. So if you want the info, that's a great place to go. Yeah, we have, have great info on mm. every one of the hotels pretty yeah. much. So cool. Thank you, Bob. Ms. Martin. Mine's from the Disney Tips Board. It's Vacation Tips for Women. It was started by Star Drifter. And I have to say that she looks really familiar to me. And I don't know why. She kind of looks like my friend Stephanie, but um, she wouldn't be her. But she looks familiar. Anyway, this thread is dedicated to the women travelers to Disney. Um, Here you can share your best tips with the women on the Diz. The topics are endless, and here are just a few important topics. Um, She says, how do you choose your clothing to wear or shoes? What are your essentials when packing? How do you manage your hair in the Florida humidity? <laughs> no. How do you save money on your vacation? Those are real problems. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How I do wear you a save- hat. Hey, Bob. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How do you plan for your trip? How do you save money on your vacation? Um, your strategies for the bus lines and transportation, and what resorts do you choose and why? That's just a few of um, what she had listed there. So it's been going on since 7507, and that's quite a few posts. Cool. I think that's good. It's been going on since 2007? I said just since 7.05.07. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Mine is also from the Disney Tips Board, and it's started from Mommy Yo. Yo, what did you pack that was just a waste? I'm running out of space in our van for our 11-day trip. I think I have everything I could possibly need, except we need space, too. Leave the kids home. (laughs) And I don't want our room at, the, at Pop to be full of stuff because we have four people plus a baby in an already small room. Have you ever wasted space by bringing things that you really don't need? You know, I read, um, I read through this whole, this whole thread, and one of the things that a lot of people agree on that was just a waste was snacks from home. And somebody posts, you know, my kids do not want me whipping out the granola bars in the parks while, while kids right beside them are eating Mickey bars, which is... Which is true. So other people wrote jeans and a jacket. You don't need a jean jacket or a jacket in Orlando. You really don't. Unless unless um, you're coming here in the winter and right. at the end, you know, at, at night it tends to get a little chilly. But yeah, well, if people get cool, uh, you know, bring a sweater or something because. But you don't need like your snow jacket. No, you, you don't know? need the snow. Your parka, <laughs> parka. Unless you came from someplace where it was snowing and you have to go home. Yeah, yeah. and wear it. 
you know, I mean, if it's snowing when you leave, I'm from upstate New York, and I used to leave when there was three feet of snow on the ground. And it's great once you get here and you can wear your shorts and a t-shirt, but you still have to go back to that. And you used to do that changing in the airport bathroom yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. off the plane in your shorts and a t-shirt, and then before you go out, <laughs> put on your sweats and your parka. Yeah, we were leaving Epcot the other day, and I was sweating, and somebody was walking in the park with a jean jacket, and I'm like, oh, God. But uh, some other people posted the uh, fancy clothes were just a waste mm. that you don't really need to bring fancy clothes. Well, to- you re- I'm sorry. You Go read ahead. these posts where people say, what do you pack? And you know there are the people who bring their own coffee maker and their own thing. I think to myself, Why? <laughs> gosh, you're yeah. energetic. I-, I mean, here you really need the bare essentials. You're also coming to a very metropolitan area that if they don't have it, it- it's available. It's not like you're going out. And available you know, close by. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's, uh, it's important now with uh, travel in the airports because, you know, you have a maximum of 50 pounds, so you have to be conservative. Oh, they're packing a van, so. Oh. Yeah, also, they um, some people give space-saving tips, like if you're going to wash your clothes, bring the tablets, because those don't take up, take up a lot of space. And also the uh, the crystal light little packets that you can add to, wa- to I'm just loving water. These things. They, they taste great. So it's a pretty interesting thread. Yeah, I'm loving those crystal light things. Kevin turned me on to those. If you're not familiar with them, they're like little packets of crystal light. It's a powder. And you take it and you dump it into your 20-ounce water bottle, shake it up. And and I, I'm not a guy who likes diet beverages at all, ever. And I'm drinking these all the time now. They don't taste like, they don't taste like diet at all. Yeah. Really good. One thing you have to pack, though, to come to Disney is sweet and low. You can't get sweet and low in any restaurant in Disney. Really? You have to bring your own? They they use really? or something. Equal or um, yeah, they Splenda. Splenda. They or regular sugar. Splenda. Wow. Not, not a sweet and low. Yeah, John's a sweet and low fan. Me too. If you don't have that chemical aftertaste, how do you know it's good? <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin. Well, <laughs> mine is, we're coming in November. What's the weather like and what kind of clothes do we need? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jean jackets well, and dress shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. Really, that's all. Actually, they want to know what the crowds are going to be like and what the weather is going to be like in November. And what I was going to say was Orlando in the winter, and that is our winter, is kind of hit or miss. There are days when it's a little chilly, and there are days when it's um, 85 degrees. Now, living in Orlando, or if you come from a warm climate, you might find that 60 degrees is a sweatshirt kind of day. However, again, when I lived in upstate New York, 60 degrees was shorts and a t-shirt, you know? Right. So it's the kind of thing you're really going to have to depend on yourself. I travel with somebody who's cold in 85 degree weather. Well, just go to weather.com. Do your 10 day outlook. Right. But what I'm suggesting is um, we just came back from New Jersey and the weather was, in my opinion, perfect every day. Uh, 70 degrees, 75 was the high and 65 or 68 degrees at night. However, I traveled with someone who had on two layers of polar fleece in that weather. So a lot really depends on your body temperature. What are you comfortable with? It's I would definitely suggest that everybody bring at least a sweatshirt if you're coming in the winter here. Yeah, but it's that's gonna, usually yeah. proof. That's usually enough. However, we have had days when it's 22 degrees here in Orlando. They're rare. They don't last a long time. But I have been in the park when they're selling hats and mittens along with you know all the other tchotchkes as you walk down Main Street. So, yeah, it'll get up to 70, 75 in the daytime, but then it's going to drop down to 40 at night. So you got to plan for that. Right. Also, to answer the question about crowds, you're going to find a lot of crowds here around Thanksgiving week. But the week just before and the week just after, 
Um, there really are no more real slow days in the parks anymore. However, the crowds will drop off, and you won't have the lines that you have Thanksgiving week. There's mine. Thank you, Kevin. And well, it's true that the um, there are no slow times at Disney anymore. You know, at Universal, that ain't the case. Those parks were a ghost town last week. And the, I had really? My, had my nephew and his girlfriend in town, and you know, you talk. The longest wait they faced was for mommy, and it was twenty minutes. Hmm. Even the pool at the Hard Rock, there was like a lifeguard and three ducks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. There was nobody. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So well, that's why they're pushing that uh, thing for go over and spend He's time the at the pool. Yeah. They must have rented one of those cabanas. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our next segment and talk a little bit about Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Um, I know Corey, Julie, and Bob got a chance to do it. Have you guys? Not yet. We have tickets for a little bit later on. Okay. Yeah, I haven't gotten over there yet either. So haven't gotten for that. Haven't gotten to see the Haunted Mansion. I need to get out of this house. <laughs> so uh, tell me, how was it? I thought it was great. Right, Corey? It was great. All right. Thanks very much. That's it. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. We're going to move on. Is this really my Uh, opinion? Let me me just say that we had attempted to do this on the September 21st, the first night of the – it was available. That was was September 14th. Yeah, Yeah, that too. Uh, (laughs) September September 21st was yesterday. Okay. (laughs) Good. But uh, we got rained out. It was just – horrible that night and uh we didn't really get to see much i, I mean no. they didn't have any of the shows or anything else and everybody was fighting the rain so everybody left practically the park that night about eight thirty or so so we went back and i thought the parade was very good it's well done, and the fireworks are spectacular. The fireworks are incredible. Um, a lot of the things are, are very similar from last year. There, there are a few changes. There, there's a there's a new float. Um, they actually they're using the pirate ship from uh, Pirates and Princesses Party. They're actually they introduced that to the parade this year. That's it's a with, great idea. It's with Captain Hook. He's yeah. on it, and that, that's followed by the uh, the pirate Pirates of the Caribbean float with uh, Captain Jack. Captain Jack and then you have the ghosts on the on the uh, float after that with the three that you know as you come into the end of the thing the hitchhiking ghosts. That's a different ride. Yeah. That's not Pirates of the Caribbean. No there's another one though. There's another float. Oh it's another float. So they have that one and then they have a band uh, playing on another of the floats. Mm -hmm. uh, The ghost band and they were all cool. Uh and we got some pictures of them that we're going to get up. Still the grave diggers yeah, dancing. They, yep, that's still, one of my favorites. Where they scrape the, the that shovels on is the, incredible. the concrete. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, um, I'll put a link to um, our video for uh, from last year for the parade. Yeah, well, I, I also shot uh, some video of the. They have the headless horseman, and it it always is a treat to the crowd every time it comes down. The highlight of the parade is it, it starts out at, like, the first parade was at um, 8.15. And it starts over in uh, Frontierland. And everybody down on Main Street is saying, where's the parade? It's 8.15. So it, it takes, like, 25 minutes to get down there. Well, the parade starts with the horse, headless horseman coming down from uh, Frontierland. The horse only takes, like, a minute. So at 8.15. 8.16, he's coming through by town 
town square, uh, city hall. And the the thing about the headless horseman is the rider cannot see where he's going because of his costume. He has no idea where he is. The horse knows the route. It's because he's headless. Well, that too, but uh, the horse knows the route, and it just takes a minute to get down there, but it, the horse is incredible. You don't it's think he beautiful. has little peepholes? Kind of like... I've talked well, to horses, pe- they, once they know a path, that's yeah, like cows. I'm sorry, just, I just think as he's a, got that mesh. Yeah, just as a secondary I've, I've talked to people, and yeah. I mean, they're so strict on people staying off the, on the curbs and not getting anywhere near that road because they have no idea where the horse is going to go. And so it's a controlled thing. So if you're watching the parade, make sure you stand back a little bit further than you'd usually do because they are seriously worried about you know people getting hurt. The other thing is they don't do that if the ground is wet at all. At all. The horse will not come out if there's any moisture in It's on unsafe. The uh, it fell on the, on the bridge uh, coming from uh, Liberty Square one time. Oh, that would be horrible to see. It, it, was, it was just bad. So they, they kind of slow him down on the bridge, or he's learned. But he's, oh, he's a magnificent It's magnificent also a animal. very, very large animal that they... It's about 2,200 pounds, they said, uh, that he weighs. So, okay, so that is, that's that, uh, the Halloween parade. And uh, then there's the dance parties. Corey, you, you went and saw those. Well, we actually, last time we went on the 14th, we were stuck in, in Cosmic Rays because it was storming outside. Yeah. So we got to see the Stitches dance party. Um, which he is really cool. He dresses Elvis. He comes up, yeah, dresses really Elvis, does a lot yeah. of the Elvis hits. Um, the crowd loved. I mean, they loved it. The, the DJ really does a great job uh, hyping the whole audience up and getting everybody to dance. There's also another dance party um, at Ariel's Grotto, and that's you the know boogie dance party. Chip and Dale yeah. come out for that, and they. I think there's more space there to for people to, to go in and dance and yeah. it's it's not so claustrophobic. I love how all the characters are dressed in costume. Yeah, That's I, a I noticed that um some of the characters have different costumes this year. Um Tigger last year he was dressed as a skeleton. Yeah. This year he's dressed as a pirate. Um oh, Eeyore cool. was dressed like a mummy last year and this year he's dressed like a clown, which is really funny looking. Um Piglet was a flower last year and this year she's a butterfly. Piglet is a boy. Piglet's a boy. <laughs> 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 so How many boys dress up like a flower? <laughs> no. Piglet is a very soft pig. <laughs> pig. <laughs> Piglet's a boy like me. <laughs> but yeah, the, so, it is cool to see the uh, the characters dressed up. Also, um, Minnie Mouse, she's dressed as a witch. That's last year, too. Yeah. Their costumes haven't changed, and yeah. Mickey's dressed like a farmer. But the kids love it. Yeah, they the do. Kids are just how is the villains mix over. and mingle? Because that's one thing I didn't get to see. Did they do those shows? Same as last year. It was exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, it's a well done show. You know, I'd I'd do. You know, if you you have to approach the the whole thing if differently if you have younger kids as opposed to if you have older kids. Uh, if younger kids, I'd make sure you see the first parade and get that done, and then go do your candy thing and see the one of the early parades uh one of the early shows in, at the castle for the villains mix and mingle how was the candy distribution this year good still a lot there's, there's still there's the same amount of candy locations as last year um 
Yeah, there's 13. Did you get a haul? Get a what? Did you get a haul? I didn't get one. I have an empty bag. I'm, you know, until until my cargo shorts were were full, that's when I stopped. <laughs> oh, you didn't carry the bag around? Yeah, no, I was t- I was too busy taking photos. You were, you were telling us was the last one they gave out a different bag this year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, last orange. year they had an orange bag with like little black handles that said Mickey's uh, Not So Scary Halloween. This year it's almost like a promotional thing. It's same size bag, ratatouille. Yeah. Oh, it's got Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, one side is ratatouille. The, uh, and look at the top. It says Treat Yourself to Ratatouille. <laughs> Uh, great, great marketing. I mean, yeah. for the kids, yeah, it's a, it's, much bigger bag than last year, I think. But it's not themed Halloween like it was last year. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they the candy distribution was great. They they give they give out a lot, and you know, you can you can pick and choose what you want to. Yeah. I, I was seeing a lot of people in front of me saying, "Oh, can I can I have that? Can I have that? I like some bottle caps. I like you know, one one of Snickers." Kevin put his hand in one of those big <laughs> jars one year. No, that was Diana. Oh, was it Diana? <laughs> Oh. I walked up to the guy and said, can I have, I forget what it was, and he reached through and picked out what I wanted and gave it to me. And Diana was right behind me, so she decided that she was going to do it himself, and I believe it was the Queen of Hearts who threatened her with beheading. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't there. So. But, uh, the Queen of Hearts was mean to me last year, too. She's mean she's to everybody. Mean. Yeah. I know she is. That's her Maybe character. she likes men. Uh, Speaking of the Queen of Hearts, there's the uh, over from Toontown all the way to Tomorrowland. There was a big trick-or-treating area. Um, yeah. It's all themed. Is that that walkway? Alice in Wonderland, yeah. The Alice yeah. in Wonderland walkway. Mm-hmm. That's one not to be missed. I think a lot of people don't get back that mm-hmm. far back in the park, and you get a lot of candy. Yeah, there's, well, there's three to four trick-or-treating spots. There's, right there. eight, there's eight on the right side from the castle t- to the right. There's eight trick-or-treat places, and then there's five on the left side of the castle So for a total of 13. But you can get a lot of candy over it at that one from Toontown over. I also think there's a lot of character interaction back there. Uh, granted, it's not yeah. Mickey and Minnie, but... Well, you can meet Mickey and Minnie back there. You, oh, you can... You can uh, the line was crazy. And the line actually starts through um, in Minnie's house to meet Minnie. And the line was backed up through the house. So you're actually waiting in her house for the line. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey's right next door. So, yeah, you can, you can go and meet them and take photos. Very cool. There's a face painting, two locations throughout yeah. the park. You know the line for that. The lines were long for for those things. I, I didn't really notice the the lines for the attractions, but a lot of the attractions were open. Yeah. So yeah, the haunted mansion was moving pretty good, and at the haunted mansion they had a a ghost sitting out on the front lawn that I interacted with for a while, uh, and actually she spoke to Corey <laughs> on a, on my cell phone when he called. He he asked uh, she asked. Who I was talking to, and I said, "Corey." And I'm like, "Who's like, Bob handing me hand the phone to?" So like I'm talking to a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she looked. She was really cool, and uh, she does her whole skit and everything in front of the haunted mansion, which is really cool. cool. You talked about the fireworks. Was there something different with the fireworks this year than N- last year? Not that I noticed. I mean, there, there might be, but well, they did the surround. Uh, didn't they do that last year too? Where they they shoot fireworks yeah. all around? Yeah, yeah. Last, year. last year too. You know, but I was looking at the whole show through the eyes of a camera, so it's kind of yeah, it's tough. But I, I didn't really notice anything very different. Oh, and also the last year they had those like psychics over by Splash Mountain. They had uh, fortune tellers set up. Did they have that again? I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that I didn't either. Get that far over? I that. walked around, but I didn't. I didn't walk. Um, towards Thunder Mountain. I didn't walk in front of it's, Splash, so if they were over there. It's probably a good idea they didn't have those. Those were always like 
There's a line of people waiting to do them. I took a, I took photos of the the hitchhiking ghosts that you talked about last show. Oh, the uh, yeah. things you could Aren't buy. They cool? Yeah, yeah. We they were, they got were to really see them cool. too. They're really cool. They yeah. They're as big as you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know the um, the main thing they changed this year was were the decorations. The decorations are, are amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was I was comparing the photos from this year um, to the ones from last year, and I'm like, wow. Even the just, lighting, the the lighting they used, and all the window displays along Main Street, those are all themed Halloween. And they, and they have the scarecrows right around the flagpole. There's there's four sections, so there's eight different scarecrows with the pumpkin heads, and they did a really nice job. You know, at night they the heads light up and stuff. So, um, and also the Mickey head um, that's in the landscape in front of Main Street Station at night that glows like neon. The one that's made out of gourds. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that looks really nice. There's lights at night. on that. I'm going to answer the question before we get the emails next week. Yes, we think it's worth your time. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 And one of the things that happened to me uh, when we were there last night is I actually ran into, I think, four families. Uh, with your cart? With, <laughs> well, pretty much. Pretty much. But I was, I was going over to Liberty, uh, Liberty Square, and I had just gone over the bridge, and I heard someone yell out, Hey, cot cam! And I made this U-turn and went back, and... I actually bumped into uh, Jill and Larry from Toledo, and uh, we I got to talk to them for a few minutes, very which cool. was really cool. That is very cool. And I was also sitting in Exhibition Hall. and Exposition. Exposition. You asked us before the show. You told me Exhibition. No. We corrected that. <laughs> oh, I, I told you City Hall, I missed, first of all. I missed that memo. Anyway, if you do ex- an exhibition, you ex- have to go to interventions. Ex- <laughs> expedition? Uh-huh. Expedition Hall. Just keep going. Okay. Uh, I was sitting there uh, actually charging my battery to the camera, and uh, this, uh, this person came over to me and said, Are you Bob? And I said, Yeah. He says, uh, I listen to you all the time on the podcast. That's cool. And it's like, so here's, here's a hi to James and Jill from uh, Normal, Illinois. I think we've read <laughs> it. I was just about to I say that. that. I think we did. We've read their email. Yeah. So, I remember somebody from Normal. I do, too. Well, the, the, the fun thing was, uh, let's see, who went to... What are the odds, Bob meeting someone from Normal? One of, <laughs> one of his children uh, went and did the bibbity bobbity boo Boutique. Boutique. I'm waiting until they have bibbity bobbity botox Bibbity-bobbity-boo could be a nice one for Halloween. So uh, we, we spent a little time talking about the, the boutique, and that's one of the things I did when I was there. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, one of the things, I want to get rid of my laugh lines. Okay. Uh I went up to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and just to look in and tried to get pictures, and they're very, very tough on pictures in there. Oh well, yeah. It's so it, because of the kids, so I did notice that. Well, it does look a little lecherous, you know. There's yeah. a fifty some odd year old man walking. Well, in that too. But, <laughs> With a huge zoom on his camera. But uh, <laughs> did you on the cart? No, I left it outside. I just had my little camera. But anyway, there's eleven stations inside that room and it it's very crowded in there it's not like the one down in downtown disney it's it's a little more open so you know after the fireworks 
I want to just say there's a whole bunch of people leave right after that. And uh, and then the next time at 1030 when the other parade starts, the, everybody pretty much bails out. And the park gets pretty empty after that. So How late was it open till? It's open till midnight. And uh, they keep the haunted lights on the on main street till midnight and then all of a sudden it stops and then they just do music and stuff kind of like the end of the sopranos yeah it's because dark (laughs) i have a question to ask you did you notice if any of the restaurants were open last year when we were there there weren't a lot of um dining places open there still aren't so it's one of those things that we should tell people eat before you go cosmic rays pico bills yeah uh tony's uh Pecos Bills, Cosmic Rice, like he said. So, and then there's a couple of snack, the launch pad, and then they have the turkey legs over in uh, Frontierland. Yeah. So, it's quick bites. There are a and lot stuff. of uh, little snack places. I mean, what I did was I, I I ate at the restaurant you reviewed last week. Excuse me. Uh, and had a half a tuna sandwich and clam chowder. Columbia Harbor House. At Columbia Harbor House. And I got in there just, it was like 5 o'clock, and just before 5, and they, I think they closed at 5. So all the other restaurants are closing up. So I'd eat before you go in there. Or and just, just eat, eat candy the whole night, like I did. Yeah, <laughs> really. So it was a good time. It was great. Good. Well worth your money. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for the report. We're going to have uh, pictures and video from uh, this year's event up on the site with the show. So be sure to look for that. And with that, we're going to move on to Kevin Close and his review of the Yachtsman Steakhouse over at the Yacht Club. How was it? How was it? I'm not really that familiar with the Yacht Club. I don't know why. I'm in the Beach Club much more often. I've been in the Boardwalk much more often. I think this was only my second or third time in the Yacht Club itself. Hmm. It's just not a place I spend a lot of time. I don't think I've had friends who've stayed there. I don't think I've ever really had any a lot of reason to be in there. This, I think, was either the second or third time. Um, before I preface, be, uh, preface to this review is that we had no reservation. I hear people all the time talk about, can I, you know, what do I do? I don't have reservations, and they panic. I didn't get my reservations at a, exactly 180 days out. John and I walked up to this restaurant as it was opening and asked. um, Now, I had called the dining line and was told that it was completely sold out for the evening. I walked up to the podium and we spoke to the hostess as the restaurant was opening. She asked us, she told us first of all that it was sold out and that asked that we be patient and stay nearby. And I think just being polite, just being patient, and just being reasonable, we were seated within 10 minutes of the restaurant opening. Wow! So I think when you hear people say there's no ADRs available, I think if you approach people in, in a polite manner, you'll get a lot further. I think demanding anything is going to get you nowhere. So we've done this a couple times now, and we've wanted to see how it worked. We walked up to Kona a couple of weeks ago with no reservations. We were told it was a 45-minute wait, and we were sat within 30 minutes. So it's one of those things that if you're just willing to be patient and polite and reasonable, I think you can do what you need to do. I'm not suggesting that you don't make reservations. I'm just suggesting that if you're stuck in a bind, there are ways around it. Good tip. Okay. Getting on to the review. I was shocked and amazed by this restaurant. 
I had no idea what to expect. I had heard really good things and really bad things about this. I thought this was one of the premier meals I've ever had at Disney. Hmm. I was in awe of my dinner. I thought it was really, really spectacular. Now, John ordered something different than I did and said he just went as far as good. He did not have the same reaction that I did. However, John ordered a steak that's very different from what I ordered, and it wasn't prepared as well as mine was. Let me get into the review. Uh, First of all, this is a two-table service credits if you're using the Disney dining plan. Hmm. It takes two. Uh, There are starters, entrees, and side dishes. The starters are ahi tuna, seared main diver scallops, shrimp cocktail, Caesar salad, uh, Mm. tomato salad, lobster bisque, farmer salad, and an assortment of artisan cheeses. John and I each started with a bowl of lobster bisque, which it turns out was a mistake. We decided we were going to order one appetizer and one bowl of soup and sort of split them. Our server, misunderstood, brought us both the bowl of lobster bisque instead of just one. We were really thrilled that she did that. (laughs) This turned out to be one of those things that I didn't want to share. You may have cut him with your knife, huh? Exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing we ordered was the seared main diver scallops, which is frisee and shiitake mushroom salad tossed with warm smoked bacon vinaigrette and scallops. It's, it was $13. This was delicious. These scallops were prepared perfectly. However, for $13, you got two. Oh, but they're big, huh? Not that big. Not that no. big. <laughs> they're sea scallops and not bay scallops. Yeah, right? they were sea scallops. Okay. <laughs> they were about the size of a 50 cent piece. Yeah. Mm. And they were average size. They were prepared perfectly. And they were absolutely delicious. But for $13, you got two. Now, before that, they brought us uh, rolls and butter. And I don't usually get excited about rolls and butter. However, they had these little things called uh, onion pull-aparts, which were these little flaky rolls that they pulled apart in layers. Mm. They also brought us butter that had a crust of sea salt on top of it. I mean, none of this crap is good for you, really. It was delicious, but it's really (laughs) bad for you. Yeah, really. And on top of that... How can we make this stick of fat more offensive? (laughs) (laughs) Put sea salt on it. Well, that's exactly what we said. It's like, I'm going home and put salt all over our butter. I just can't. You know, it was so good. Bacon wrap butter. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a way you can deep fry this? (laughs) They also brought out a little uh, ramekin of um, roasted garlic in Mm. an Italian oil to spread on these rolls. The other rolls were sourdough bread, and John thought they were actually better, which was great because I would have removed his fingers if he had touched (laughs) his onion things, too. Um, Our entrees, we ordered, um, I ordered the New York strip steak. Now, I'm not a big beef eater. I'm really not. A little bit goes a long way. John ordered the porterhouse. Uh, Nice. The filet, uh, I'm sorry, the New York strip steak was $42. However. That's more expensive than Shula's. In my opinion, I had the perfect steak. It was a 12-ounce strip steak with peppercorn brandy sauce, potato gratin, and diamond white cheddar cheese. It was $42. Now, I have to tell you. This was the perfect, perfectly cooked uh, piece of meat. It's not done a la carte? Well, there's a side dish you can order, but no, mine came with the... um, For the the most part, they come with potatoes and sort of a small side of some kind of accoutrement. I I would say it's more of a relish. Beside, you get a, a starch... 
And then there's another little thing. I had grilled onions on my plate that were not even listed on the menu. They do have side dishes. They had rainbow carrots the night we were there, creamed spinach, and sautéed mushroom caps. The rainbow carrots were uh, honey herb buttered with thyme, rosemary, and ginger. And they were three different colors of carrots sliced the long way. Mm -hmm. And, again, cooked perfectly as far as I was concerned. They had a little bit of a... um, crunch still to them as a matter of fact there were so many we took them home we've had them since and someone else has eaten them also we also ordered the sauteed mushroom caps which were six dollars and were served in a sherry and cabernet wine sauce i'm gonna guess we had close to a pound of mushrooms so i mean there was we had we've had three meals out of them wow at the leftovers John ordered the porterhouse, uh, which was a 24-ounce center-cut porterhouse with fingerling potatoes and roasted garlic butter. His wasn't cooked as well as mine was because of the fact that there was the bone and the... You tell them. You told them. Did it much better than I did. I, I asked our waitress. I said, listen, I know that from experience, if you have a piece of meat this size, it's difficult to get it cooked uniformly. Is it, am I going to have one part that's overdone and one part that's underdone? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. And sure enough, that's what happened. Yeah. There was a piece that was too done. There was a piece that was not done enough. So it was still very good and very delicious, and I ate as much as I could of it, but it was not what I had hoped for. Kevin's, on the other hand, was spectacular. It was done perfectly, and it was – so it's just a matter of the cut of meat. What you didn't explain is when you first go into the restaurant, there is a, a glass room – and you can watch them actually cut the meat. Mm. The woman you can in. actually watch the butcher cutting the meat for that night. The butcher came out and she brought a big giant rack of food, of meat, and she plopped it down and she cut it and weighed it in front of you. So it's all mm. very fresh. And That's because the steaks are all aged, right? Right, all aged to perfection. So, and yeah. she was very charming. She interacted with us. Yeah. And then she was interacting with the kids. It was really kind of cool to watch her. She was very playful while she was working. Uh Again, I have to give credit to this restaurant. They treated us like royalty. Um, I had asked for a particular kind of chair to be more comfortable. And the hostess looked at me and said, not to worry, sir. We've already taken care of that. We sort of, I don't know what the word is. Anticipated. Anticipated. That's the word I was looking at. We anticipated that for you. We were sat in a window overlooking Stormalong Bay, which is the pool at the Yacht and Beach Club. Uh absolutely stunning restaurant in my opinion it really and we were in a sort of rotunda one whole wall of which a round room that one whole wall of which half of the room was glass windows overlooking storm along bay and the boardwalk just an absolutely beautiful place to sit and it was it was one of those nights that we had a thunderstorm so we would watch people go into the pool and then the lightning would happen and then they would all shriek and run <laughs> so we not only had dinner we had a show <laughs> it was in my opinion, it was a great, great evening, and I went in with no expectations at all and didn't even think I was actually going to get to eat because we didn't have a reservation. We ended the meal with a warm chocolate cake and vanilla ice cream, which is They're sort of a, a volcano cake <laughs> with a warm liquid center, and it was just delicious. Dinner for the two of us before the dining, we have the Disney dining experience, was $139. However... I think, in my opinion, my estimation, this was one of those really, really great meals. We were never rushed. I believe we could have spent five or six hours if we wanted to. Our server was warm and interacting without ever being overbearing. She, come to find out, was a neighbor. (laughs) Wow. She lives not far from us. Just a truly, truly great evening. 
and again, it was all unexpected. I would highly recommend this. This was, in my opinion, a great steak dinner. Now, one of the nice things to know is if you don't have a reservation and you're hungry, they have the the bar at the Yachtsman. And oh, the, yeah. the bar is just off to the left as you enter. And is that the s- Cruise Cup Lounge? Isn't that what it's called? It's so, I don't know if it's Cruise Cup. It's something cup. Yeah, I think it's Cruise Cup. It might be, yeah. We've sat, we've sat in there before, right? Yeah. And that as a group. No, that was, that was in the beach club in, in their oh, bar. Okay. Yep. This is just off the, off the Yachtsman, and they serve a very abbreviated menu. You can eat in there. They have most of the appetizers. Uh, they have uh, two entrees. You could get the 8-ounce Yachtsman filet or the prime rib, and then they also have the side dishes. So if you do show up without a reservation and you're willing to eat in the bar area... Now, the bar area doesn't have the same kind of tables. It has bar tables, so it would be a little bit of a different dining experience. But the other thing to note is that the bar area does not accept the Disney dining plan. Really? Right. It states right on the menu, we regret that the Disney dining plan is not accepted at this location, and they serve from 5.30 till 10 p.m. Pricing for that? It's exactly the same as the restaurant. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's a, a very abbreviated version yeah. of the menu. As a matter of fact, when I first walked up and asked if I could see a menu, this is what they handed me. And I thought, there's two entrees? <laughs> I don't know that I want either one of those. So, um, Other options for, for the yachtsman? Did you go over those? Oh, the, uh, there was a bunch of entrees for the yachtsman. Anything? There was the oak-fired ribeye at $37, the filet mignon, which is 8 ounces, at uh, 35 the strip steak at 42 They had something called lamb two ways, which was boneless rack of lamb with potato pancakes, red wine, braised lamb, and a warm goat cheese. They had a pan-seared sea bass, a porterhouse, a slow-roasted prime rib, and a free-range, a roasted free-range chicken. Now, it was $139 for us, but I also have to say that Aside from the Chateaubriand for two, which is $80 or $40 a person, mm. we ordered the two most expensive entrees on the menu. We ordered the New York Strip and the Porterhouse. Uh, even the filet mignon was less expensive. So there are ways to, I don't know that I would say economize, but we did order the most expensive things on did the menu. Did you mention a surf and turf? They do not have that. That's, That's not one of the no, things that they have. It's not a seafood place at all. Right. Um, and again, those yeah. sides are very large. Those sides are four people can easily have one of those sides for yeah. $6. So. Right. It's a, they, they tell you these are served family style. I like and if, the I was ta- yeah. if I was taking a family of four in, I would get one side or one one side would feed all four people. Yeah. Now, we chose two sides. But again, we took them home and we've had multiple meals out of this. So out of that 130, as a matter of fact, there's still steak left in our refrigerator. I'll be over. Well, it's not going to last all that long. Corey, you're a prime rib guy, right? Absolutely. They brought a prime rib over over to the next table, and it really looked perfect. Is it bone-in or no? No, no bone. But it was. Uh, it might have been cut off the bone before they served it. And it was just looked perfect. It was done perfect. And it was, I think it was, how big is it? It's pretty big. So yeah, You can tell from prime rib just by looking at it. 12 ounces. So. I didn't find this place stuffy at all. I didn't find it. I found it elegant. But I never found it stuffy. We were in jean or shorts and t-shirts, so it's the kind of place I wouldn't mind dropping in again. But it's also the kind of place that I would recommend as a special occasion. Yeah, it, it, it would be. A spe- I would have felt just as comfortable in a more dressed up. But most restaurants at Disney, as long as you look clean and presentable, and I, I think their dress code said um, no torn clothing, no cutoffs for men, no tank tops. 
you must wear shoes and no hats. I think those were the only restrictions they mentioned. But again, I felt comfortable in shorts and t-shirts, but I would have felt comfortable in a suit as well. Mm -hmm. Just a nice, nice place to go for dinner in a beautiful hotel that I think I've ignored for no reason. Hmm. Well, good. That's a great review. Uh, my last experience at the Yachtsman was not uh, was not all that positive. It is kind of it, it has a reputation of being hit or miss, and at those prices, I always felt that that's not acceptable, you know. But it's good to hear that their uh, that steak sounded amazing. It was. I'm going to guess it was three inches thick. Wow! And cooked perfectly, beautiful. just perfect. As a matter of fact, John had the remainder of it for breakfast yesterday morning. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Thank you very much, Kevin. I appreciate the review. All right, and that's going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening. <laughs>